Welcome to the Sun Spice Wisdom Show. I'm your host, Ashley Welch, and today is the beautiful, the absolutely beautiful Sydney Hans. Sorry, I was hearing an echo. You know when you hear an echo in your voice and you're like, ah, that's going to throw me off. Um, So today we are here to talk about the power of touch. So before we dive into this topic, because Mm -hmm. it is one that we are both obviously passionate about, um, I want to just make a little disclaimer. We are going to be talking about the importance of touch in relation to the immune system, and we are going to be talking about current events such as COVID-19. And as we are talking about it, I want to make sure that it is 100% clear that both Sydney and I are well aware of the severity of the situation. We are well aware that this is impacting lives and we are well aware that it is important to talk about this topic, um, not from a place of shaming and from a place of love. Mm. So that is just something I want to make very, very clear as we start to dive into this topic of conversation that is, I know, very emotional for so many people, including us. Yeah, sure. So, Sydney, thank you for coming on. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Um, I'll give you just a quick little background about Sydney and I. Uh, we have known each other since we were teenagers, but we're never really close mm. until several months ago when she came in and she walked into the Sun Spice <laughs> Health Bar and we got to do a little reuniting. And it was wonderful to get to know um, her as as a woman, not a girl, (laughs) and to have been able to see her sort of transform into this motherly goddess over (laughs) the years via Facebook um, and then get to really connect with her, you in person, and then dive deep into our seven-week goddess workshop that we did um, just this this, um, fall starting last September. And so maybe just give a quick little, you know, like just, (laughs) just who are you? Um, and, and kind of maybe chat a little bit about why you are very passionate about this topic Mm. before I dive in. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, like Ashley said, my name is Sydney and, who am I? I am a wife and a mom, and that is at the core of my heart. Which um, is beautiful. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Um, I have two kiddos who are six and four. Uh, my daughter has special needs, and that is a huge part of my life. And my role um, is is navigating her world and helping her. Um, we just moved uh, from Oregon to Washington uh, COVID has totally rocked our world in a whole bunch of ways. We got stranded on vacation for in Hawaii, in right? Hawaii. Yeah. I remember I was like, that sounds so nice. And you were like, it it's, wasn't it's not as nice as it sounds a lot to be thankful for, but, uh, but yeah, this year has been full of transformation and, um, and yeah, I've just, I think what makes me passionate about this topic, uh, there's probably a lot of layers, but being a mom and seeing the, uh, impact of our connection um, as children grow. I think I have a unique perspective in that as I watch my daughter navigate the world with a unique mind and a unique way of connecting with people. Um, And I just love people. I'm passionate about people, passionate about connection, about community. um, And that's kind of where this 
fire I'm feeling stems from. Yeah, totally. The one thing that I do want to take the time to share um, about Sydney and I and something that we shared together and um, um, can kind of connect really intimately on is that within this passion around the importance of physical touch and connection is the fact that we've both experienced the complete heart wrench that comes with being uh, physically abused and sexually abused. And even deeper, we've both been raped. Mm -hmm. So as we move into this conversation, you're talking to two people (laughs) that have gone through the, uh, the most intense abusive type of experience that you possibly can. And to an outsider, it could seem like, well, how are they so passionate about, about touch and connection <laughs> yeah. when they've been rocked? But mm-hmm. it is within these sort of dark experiences that we've also gotten to shed and, and feel the light of the opposite side of that, which mm-hmm. is that when you can experience physical touch in the most um, in the most intimate ways that is consensual, it can be one of the most healing experiences that you can that you can experience. And as a mother, obviously, that is it's at the center of of our world. Mm-hmm. So I just want to start out by kind of setting the tone for this conversation because it is really passionate and it stems from. Um, I think a lot of trauma yeah. that we have transformed For and sure. are still in the process of transforming into. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, and I would imagine that we're not alone in that Absolutely uh, coming not. from that place. And um, it took a while for me to figure out like why I'm so passionate about that and unpacking some of that. Uh, hopefully that can give some insight to other people who have been in that place too, of like, this feels like, such a central thing. Why am I passionate about this? Why am I hurting around this topic? Um, And our experience is unfortunately really common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you were 15 Mm -hmm. and I was 17, um, a little bit older, but still in those very formative years, um, you know, where you assume the world is beautiful and safe and wonderful because, you know, that's what you know. Yeah. so, yeah. Uh, do you do you want to start sort of diving into kind of how, maybe we should start about how COVID hmm. has really rocked your world on a personal note and um, and also within the community that, that you were in yeah. in Portland and what that sort of shift has been like? Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I think this is important to say, like COVID has been a blessing to us and the changes in the world has made it so um, we're able to be together as a family. We're able to have made a big move. Um, What I feel like I've lost um, is community connection. Um, And I've, I've had to really dig into my, my strength to be able to, uh, to stand up and feel differently than a lot of people. That's been a really kind of scary experience for me. Um, I've watched how it's affected my children um, as they've been real removed from their life (laughs) for almost a year now. Wow. And, um, and your, your oldest son is, is he five? He's uh, almost seven. He's in first grade. First grade. Yeah. And what has it been like for him? Um, 
we have worked hard to protect him from a lot. I think that's just the way that we have gone forward. Um, so a lot of this, he was unaware that, I mean, mm-hmm. we were stuck in Hawaii and he thought, this is great. We're on a, a long, long vacation. vacation while I'm like, you know, crying behind the closed doors and things. So um, I would say emotionally, he's in a great place. Um, but he's really similar to me where, I mean, people and and connecting and conversation and physical touch is hugely important. And um, And I've seen him really, I think, regress in his ability to to relate, to communicate, to process his own emotions, yeah. all things that we gain from being in communities. Right. And I can see that. Um, yeah. I know it, it's interesting, even just the, the idea of not being able to go into certain people's homes, mm-hmm. you know, the people that you love and connect with so much, and all of a sudden you're not allowed to be in their sort of personal, intimate domain. Yeah. And what that does, you know, as an adult, it, it affects you, but as a child, it's like, it affects you in such a, in such a heart way. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, there's not a lot of rationalizing it yeah. yet. Yeah. You just, you, you don't have the, you don't have those tools and those skills yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I've seen, which is sounds like what you've seen too, is just this sort of, like, it's a heartbreak. Yeah. You know, sure. and, and we all, you know, as children, we have these sort of like first heartbreaks that mm-hmm. happen, you know, um, but this is a big one for them. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I just dove real deep into this last night as my mind was just kind of mulling things over. Um, and so I, I found some really fascinating studies. Um, and one that kind of relates to what we're talking about is, uh, it was, I wrote it down cause I didn't want to mess it up. Uh, so UW did it mm-hmm. and it was this study on a child's ability to regulate their behavior based on what they see from the adults around them. Right. So they had a little baby in a room. Um, he was a toddler, a little bit older. Um, and a woman was playing with a toy and having fun and engaged. And it was a happy experience. She handed the toy to the child. He played with it. Fun. Great. Um, as they're playing, a third person walks in the room and sits kind of in the corner. And, and the initial woman is continuing to play with this toy. And that woman responds in anger and, and kind of explodes. Why are you playing with that? You know, her tone, her facial expressions, her body language, all is projecting, you know, this intense anger. Um, and then they, they pass the toy to the child that he was, he was just playing with it, you know, five minutes ago and they wait for 20 seconds to see what he does. And he sits there in stillness, does not touch that toy, doesn't do anything. And, and what it really demonstrates, I think, is that children are so much more aware than we realize. And they're watching their community to to teach them, how do I act? How do I behave? What is good? What is bad? You know, how do I be a functioning community member? Um, And we're losing that. I mean, when, when his only exposure is our immediate family, there's so much he's missing out on in the world and different people and perspectives and ways of handling things. And it's crucial to their development to learn how to be in the world from other people as they're in the world and they're not right now. And it's, I think not only is it heartbreaking, I think yeah. there's a, a real cost that we might not consider. Absolutely. And then you'll see this sort of like at the other end of it, which is when you're looking at elderly people too, which mm-hmm. I know they've done a lot of studies on the importance of, you know, elderly people, especially when they're in nursing homes to have that connection. Yeah. 
you know, and there was that, I don't, you know, I, I don't remember what it was, but there was a, a, a sort of long study of, of incorporating animals and pets into mm-hmm. retirement um, communities and into these homes. And it totally transforming the, the health and well-being of these elderly, elderly people that were not doing so well. Yeah. Um, you know, so this idea of livening the spirit through connection mm-hmm. is, is, is such an important conversation because we are being pushed up against yeah. a lot of sort of demands to isolate yourself. And although we want to be cautious mm-hmm. and we want to be responsible and we want to um, make sure that we're all taking appropriate precautions at the same time, we have to think really, really hard about at what cost. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm curious specifically about your daughter Mm. in relation to this because she has special needs. Yeah. And for you, I would assume she's, you know, because there is sort of a a, a vocal barrier there Mm -hmm. in terms of her abilities to communicate. Yeah. That physical touch is, is a huge piece. Yeah. It's huge. Um, it takes a long time for her to build that trust with other people. She has uh, sensory perception issues. Um, so in her tactile system, her her touch, um, she feels touch much more elevated than most people. Mm. Um, and so a lot of textures and, and surfaces are uncomfortable to her because she feels differently than we feel. Um, so it takes her a long time to establish a bond with someone um, where she's comfortable, especially in her hands with them touching her hands, holding her hands. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been a real heartbreak for me. She, Our kiddos go to the same preschool yeah. um, and she had just started to build some of those connections. One of her teachers mentioned that she reached out to hold her hand last week, which is a really, I mean, in, in Ellie, that's my daughter's name, um, in Ellie's world, that is a huge uh, treasure and and step forward. And so to lose opportunity for that and kind of the ground covered there is, is pretty sad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But there <laughs> is, there is light, you know, Absolutely. and I think find making sure that we, as we're having these deeper conversations, um, that we do, fi- that we do find light and that, that there is ways to still connect. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously virtually is not the best way, mm. but like, thank goodness for FaceTime. Yeah. Thank goodness yeah. for Zoom. Thank goodness for these, you know, um, Facebook lives and mm-hmm. these other ways to connect with people through this time. Um, but it is still important that, that we acknowledge this sort of like connection like you know like I want to touch your hand and that 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 (laughs) is okay this should not be revolutionary you know (laughs) like you know and and it's yeah it's it's you know energy always is moving and going in Mm -hmm. different directions so the energy that you throw out someone somewhere something is going to take is going to receive it yeah and it doesn't just leave, you know, mm-hmm. it, it stays and, and it just transmutes and goes. And we, mm-hmm. we see it in, in this, we see it <laughs> in the table, we see it in our clothes. And I mean, it's all energy and we're, you know, and most of our audience is well aware of that. You know, that's <laughs> like, yes, we understand that. Um, that's not a concept that that is science. And so, you know, there is the sort of like, I say something to you, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully it's nice and it makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, but there is a different element of like when I'm holding your hand mm-hmm. and I'm saying something to you. Yeah. 
it's this extra element of intimacy and reassurance. Yeah. Absolutely. And just like that can go extremely wrong Mm -hmm. um, and it can be extremely harmful. Um, The other side of that is it can be so impactful and healing. Yeah. Um, You know, and I wanted to tell a story uh, relating to my um, my grandfather-in-law who was on his hospital bed and Mm -hmm. um, and on his deathbed. You know, he had sepsis. He had had multiple brain surgeries and and it was a really um, it was it was a really emotional process to witness because I saw a lot of people in sadness around him. And, you know, thank goodness from where I was sitting a one step remove and my husband, you know, who this is his grandfather Mm -hmm. also was able to remove himself a bit. And, you know, there was one night where everyone was discussing the fact that the reality is, is he's probably not going to make it. Mm -hmm. And that was the night that I said, you know, Ryan, we need to go and we need to give that man a foot massage. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we sat there and we gave this, you know, this man who hadn't eaten, was on a feeding tube, couldn't talk, couldn't communicate because he had had brains, you know, multiple brain surgeries that was impacting his speech. And what I, what we realized is that he just wasn't being given the tools and the opportunity that he needed to, to liven back up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a few hours of giving that man a foot massage and, you know, giving him some sort of guidance on how to communicate with us about how he feels. All of a sudden it was like, you know, you know, he was, he was sitting up the next day and then he, you know, then he was walking and then he was out of the hospital and now he's at home. Yeah. You know, and, and so I just want people to realize the, the, the power within, within this idea of connecting human to human, Mm -hmm. specifically intimately around, you know, from a centered place of love and that impact that it has on, on our physicality. Yeah you know, and, and what that means for us and in how we move through life and, you know, the fear state, Mm. what that does to the immune system. Yeah. I mean, um, like, can I ask you when you, when you went through your experience being raped, how did that affect you physically? Yeah. So, uh, I was 15 at the time and I kept my experience to myself. Um, and within that year of processing and, and, holding deep, deep hurts internally. Um, I developed Hashimoto's, uh, which is the, an autoimmune disease that attacks your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, knowing more now, uh, my, my fight or flight response was so intense. Um, your cortisol levels were oh, just through the roof mm-hmm. that, that my own body turned to fight itself. Um, and I mean, I, went to doctors who said, this is, these are the blood tests of a, you know, 80 year old woman. It's hypothyroidism is typically seen later in, on in your yeah. life. Yeah. Like um, perimenopause, menopause is when you'll often start to see those sort of yeah. onsets. Yeah. So in all, in all external uh, regards, I was a healthy 16 year old and that didn't make sense to them. And now knowing what I know about um, how our mind and our body are connected, um, yeah, it's, it's very obvious to see that trajectory of, um, I was deeply, you know, shaken and, and that manifested itself in my, my actual tangible physical body Yeah, forever. I mean, it's something that I continue to have to unpack. And, uh, yeah, I think 
one interesting study I found uh, was last night I was reading this PubMed study about, um, so they took 400 people and they monitored them for two weeks and they, they questioned their perceived sense of community support. And they also tracked how many hugs each person was getting in a day. And then they took all of these people and they quarantined them for two weeks um, and they introduced a, a virus, a respiratory virus into this, you know, population. Um, and the like overwhelming predictor of immunity of like quick healing uh, was the people who had high senses of community support and who were hugged more. So I think what you said earlier is is really important to reiterate. This isn't like this stuff feels good, you know, like this is, this is science. measured this science is, yeah. that is showing up in our bodies um, and is worth talking about as we, as we fight to preserve life, um, yeah. as we combat fear. Um, this should be at least a part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, how do you, like, what is living for for somebody? Mm -hmm. What defines someone truly living? You know, because we can be, there. There's this, there's the concept of just like, I wake up in the morning and I get up and I, you know, move throughout my day um, and I breathe in and out, right? There's just like the, the, the basics of yeah. life. But then there's living, yeah. you know, there's, there's the feeling of, of being inspired, of having passion, of being motivated, um, you know, and, and figuring what those drivers are for you. Yeah. And a huge part of it is uncovering the fear. Mm -hmm. It is really looking at what, where, where do you hold fear? And is it, is it actually real? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the issues I strongly believe around accumulating fear behavior in your, in your body and, and in your psyche is that as soon as that starts to mastize and, and actually create form within your body and hold, because you hold on to that energy. And if it doesn't leave, it will store itself. Mm -hmm. Just like if you have too much sugar and your body doesn't process that energy, then it's going to store in your fat cells. You yeah. know, it's like, it's the same process that happens and at what cost do you, do you, do you think that like, is it worth that? Yeah. You know, is, yeah. is that, is that how you want to, is that the type of energy that you want to continue accumulating within your physical form? Um, you know, and it takes a lot to rewire it. Like, I mean, for you, and I know for myself, like I am, I'm just in the beginnings mm -hmm. of really rewiring my brain and my physical body to not want to fight itself. Yeah. Because when you go through these traumatic experiences, you know, the, the reaction is I'm a warrior. Mm -hmm. So I've got to fight. Yeah. And when your body's in this place of always fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, it becomes accustomed to that type of type of behavior. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. I'll fight through it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then you move into this place where all of a sudden you're like, I am chronically in warrior <laughs> mode all the time, yeah. which, you know, for women, especially it's gonna, it's gonna show itself in it, in the reproductive organs, 
which obviously, you know, is directly Mm -hmm. related to thyroid, which impacts metabolism. So it's, you know, physical touch, it is the, it's the first connection metric you have when a child is born. Yeah. It's the first thing it's, it's at the core of, of your first experience in life. Yeah. And so as we are pushed and pressured to devalue this for the sake of staying safe, so Mm -hmm. we have been told, I just, I want to open up the conversation around the bigger representations of what this actually means. Um, You know, we've seen uh, skyrockets in in domestic violence cases, Mm -hmm. in... um, suicide cases, particularly in children. And so, I mean, these are things that, that are not going to leave as we continue to, to, to devalue the importance of a physical connection. I actually went to the dentist last week because I had cracked a tooth probably from clenching my jaw in stress at night, uh, just here in our little town. And they said the amount, like right when COVID started, the amount of cracked teeth we have is crazy. Like we're doing these, you know, exponentially more than we used to. Um, and so on big global levels we see, and the stress impacting people, but also, I mean, in these small communities and things like your teeth and what's, I mean, it was, this was a big light bulb moment for me last night, um, was realizing that, you know, as we asked this question of like, what, what does living out of this place of fear look like uh, zoomed out? Um, We don't actually like have to wonder. Um, There are some, some incredible stories throughout history that show us um, the one that I am most familiar with and, and very passionate about is um, Hansen's disease known more commonly as leprosy, mm-hmm. um, on the island of Molokai. Do you know anything about this? Please share the story. <laughs> um, so Molokai is a small Hawaiian island and pretty uh, rural. And there is a peninsula off um, the coast where it's the highest sea cliffs in the world. So there's this small, I think it's like a few acre peninsula at the bottom of these huge sea cliffs on the island of Molokai. Um, Starting in 1860s is when Hanston's disease started sweeping through the native people of Hawaii. Um, and you'll hear a lot of things that, are, that sound familiar, but they didn't know a lot about it. They knew that it was spreading and that it was contagious, but they had a very limited understanding of how it spread and how contagious it was and who was being affected, why, all of these things. Um, and out of a place of extreme fear and that mentality that you're talking about of like preserving life at all costs, um, the peninsula off of Molokai was made into a leprosy colony. And so starting in the 1860s, people would be um, teachers, healthcare workers, um, government workers would be incentivized to report cases of leprosy that they saw in the community. So um, a, you know, child might go to school with a spot on them. The school nurse would be given money to report that child as having leprosy. Someone would come to that child's home that night. um, And in the morning they would be taken, 
put on a cattle barge and shipped to this desolate peninsula for the rest of their lives to never see their family to to die on in this place um the history i've read books and books and books and it is devastating um families ripped apart i mean a community turned against itself all out of fear you know reporting each other and i mean it just all of the sacred things of humanity stripped away this continued all the way through um the the legal like banning of people to this peninsula was lifted in 1966 um wow. and there's still a handful of patients that live there today and there's amazing stories of like human perseverance and strength but what i i go there often um to when we're on molokai we go there a few times a year and i look out over you know the peninsula there's a a lookout where you can go and and pay respects and and so often my feelings have been like how does something like this happen and here we are seeing exactly how something like that happens where fear just overtakes an entire culture yeah. and what you lose is people's humanity yeah. and and caution and wisdom and safety is so important but when our fear drives us to a place where we stop seeing people as people we stop seeing the sacred as sacred yeah. um we do horrible horrible things yeah. and if you know anything about uh hansen's disease uh, all of those measures were completely unnecessary now that we understand how it spreads um, how contagious it is, all of that. So that's, you know, a century of gut-wrenching heartache motivated by fear that was ultimately unnecessary. Yeah. And it starts in the home mm -hmm. too. And it starts in, um, you know, trying to obviously like you did, you know, you shelter your son mm -hmm. and you, you know, with 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 Eli, who's eight, he's you know he's old enough to ask those questions. He's at school and yeah. he's wearing a mask, mm -hmm. and so he's like, "When is this gonna end, Mom?" You know, and it's 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 a it's a heart wrenching thing just to, to tell him, "I'm not sure." Yeah, you know, and he's like, "Well, I don't understand. Like, is it is it gonna you know? It's like, is it gonna hurt us?" And and I have to tell him that no, yeah, it's not, and you have absolutely nothing to be afraid mm -hmm. of. And I think for people watching, there's probably a gut reaction that says, well, what about the death? What about the pain and suffering? That is very real. I that think very real. But what good does that do to, to have that type of um, language mm -hmm. put on a, a child? Yeah. And it's worth thinking about in this time, like what is our relationship with death? And in Absolutely. our home, um, it's, it's made very clear, like this is not something we're afraid of. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's as sacred as birth. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we respect it and that process, just as we respect the process of birth and delivery, which we could argue is being less respected <laughs> these days, which be, it would be a whole other conversation yeah, on the, sure. on the birthing process and, <laughs> and what that, how it has been, um, you know, commercialized and mm -hmm. westernized, but, um, but overall, you know, if you are someone's rooted you yeah. know, and really, and, and, and love this earth and love, love, you know, the process of life. Mm -hmm. A part of that aspect is, is to, is to acknowledge this wonderful sacred process of, of death. Yeah. As you come in, 
we're all on the same path. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a woman I had on the show and she was like, we are all on the path to death. Yeah. And it's so true. And there's beauty in it. There's yep. nothing to be afraid of. And, you know, I think we're, we're fighting nature when we give up everything to avoid death. We're fighting nature when we, um, you know, work against the microbiome, the virome. Um, mm-hmm. I really think there needs to be a collective shift or, or just asking ourselves the question of like, is this all against me or is it actually for me? Is there beauty in it? And mm-hmm. could it be something that I, I actually embrace and, and can let go of that fear and that safety first mentality? Because yeah. safety first leads to a crappy life. Yeah. Micro this week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but he posted this wonderful thing about like safety third. Like a lot of the beautiful things in life happen when we yeah. when we don't live by safety. L- living first. dangerously. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's interesting. Uh, my husband, he told me something, which I'm sure he, he um, you know, ha- I'm sure he, you know, he's like the, <laughs> the encyclopedia and all of a sudden he just comes with all this information and you know, he said, hard times make strong men, mm-hmm. um, strong men make easy times, easy times make weak men Yeah. and weak men make hard times. Yeah. And it's, um, enough said. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have, uh, we have an immature masculine presence coming in. I sent you a text about this this week. Um, in so many areas of our world, but definitely in healthcare and the way that we see health in the body of like this um, kind of broken fix it mentality, mm-hmm. you know, that, that yeah. as the immature masculine. And the beautiful thing about this, all of this stuff, right. And all of the things that we're talking about, cause I feel like there is this sort of process where we have to like, we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're going to, we're going to really let this out. But within that, know that there are so many people right now that are actually taking the initiative while we're in this yeah. to say, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. Um, you know, like mama's putting her foot down. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, um, and knowing that if you are one of those people that you are, you are not alone. Yeah. And we will respectfully continue to move through this gracefully as goddesses that we are. Yeah. Um, and we will we will make sure that our roots are steady and stable, mm-hmm. that our home life is secure and full of love and health, because we realize that that actually stems from us, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and and that we, as we sort of um, respectfully deny <laughs> this this sort of situation, this um, mentality, this mentality. Yeah. Uh, that that from it is going to come amazing opportunities to heal and transform the way that the medical field operates. Yeah, you know the, the way that we we view health, which I think we're actually at this stage where because we have all this information, you can go and learn about the importance of microbiome mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, you know you can. There is all the information is there, but what needs to happen is what you're starting to see is people are starting to take all of this information and then translate it in a way that is relatable and palatable for the masses. Yeah. So it's like, no one's going to go read the study like you read. <laughs> right. You know, and there, so they actually need to be handheld. Yeah. 
and shown and understood and then held accountable for um, f- for for making these changes in their life yeah. and trans and making those transformations so that they can view life and death. Mm-hmm. as equal partners and, yeah. and, and view the way that, that they relate themselves in the world, um, you know, in a way that's productive yeah. and not isolating. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think, I mean, if, if you're feeling some of those same like pushbacks in inside yourself of like, this just doesn't feel right. I don't want to live in this mentality. Yeah. Um, I do think it's really important that, you know, that you're not alone. And, and yeah, your tuition, like do not let anyone override your, your intuitive, your indi- divine intuition. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is, um, we have been conditioned over many generations to devalue our intuition and to be told what is valuable. You yeah. know, you, you're start, we started young in our little desks, being fed information that we were told was what we needed to know and what was important. And I'm here to tell you that we can throw all that away right now and that we get to go back to our cores and back to who we truly are and determine that for ourselves and, and, and then continue this new philosophy in through our children. And it's, um, it is a beautiful time to be living right it now. Is. It just happens to be very uncomfortable because we have to talk about some of this. Yeah. We have to, you know, we have to just openly say it for what it is. Yeah. Which, With so much respect for for the people on the other side who you should have full freedom to say, like, I want to live safety first. Absolutely. Life is worth preserving to me at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want the freedom to choose something different. Yep. Um, so in, in complete respect for people who feel, um, who do want to approach this differently with a different mentality. Um, I just ask that respect in return, like that Absolutely. I let you follow your intuition, let me follow mine. And I'm trying to very wisely and compassionately um, look at where I might stand up and, and take the risk to say, you know, I actually am not going to do that. We talked about um, one of the measures that just went into effect this week uh, in where we're at here in Washington um, is that singing in church is no longer allowed music um, in, and the ability to worship in a, a group of people is, has been taken away. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking through like, will I push back against that? And, and for other people who might be feeling some of that, um, just know that if that is a step you take, um, there will be people to stand alongside you. Yeah. Um, please don't put me in jail anymore, <laughs> but, but, uh, but that, that's just where I'm honestly at. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some things are sacred and worth fighting for. Yeah. It's an interest. it's such an interesting, um, I never thought we would be having this conversation. Yeah. Never in a million in years. In our lifetime. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. But what a gift. I mean, but then when you look back and you kind of look at where his, you know, <laughs> history and, and then you see kind of where things were going, you're like, well, I guess it does line up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what, what a gift to be able to be called into our intuition and, and use our voice. Um, I wasn't ready for it, but I'm glad to be called to it and I'm ready to step up to that, that calling. And, and yeah. there's, I mean, like you said, easy times make, 
for weak, immature, masculine expression. And I don't want that. So yeah, bring on the hard times. That's right. Bring on the hard times. Well, I think we're ready to close. This has been um, so good. You know what? Let, let me open up real quick before we close and see if we have anyone. If you are watching us live, I'm going to open up and see if we have anyone who has any questions for Sydney or I. I'll just say while she's doing that, we're drinking throat right now, um, which is one of Ashley's formulations. I You can promote yourself probably much better than I can, but I'll just say it's, it's been a life-changing uh, concoction for me. And as we talk about uh, using our voice and stepping into our power and all of that, it's a great uh, tool to, to check out if you are feeling like you want to step up and, and use your voice. Yes. Um, it looks like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see everything. Let me open up real quick. There we are. There we are. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't see any questions right now, but I see a lot of great comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Davis says, oh boy, the westernization of birth. Yeah. Don't get me started. Sarah, <laughs> I think you're going to have to come on the show next and we can chat about that. That would be a, a powerful, powerful mm-hmm. one to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, this has been absolutely wonderful. And I look forward to having you on again. And I see many more conversations like this to come. If you are watching the show and you have something interesting that you would like to share or you are listening to the show and you believe that you have something that you would like to share and bring value to the Sun Spice Wisdom Show along with our community of women, um, please feel free to reach out to us. We also have formed a beautiful group of divine goddesses Mm -hmm on the Facebook group called, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, expressing, <laughs> I let it come out. Please express. Um, it's, it is called expressing your inner goddess. We are a community of women that, um, we speak truth yeah. and through that we are also working on doing a lot of self health and wellness development, um, healing for, yep. Yeah. For women who have dealt with traumas of all kinds, which pretty much we all have to a certain degree. (laughs) Um, This is a great place to come find community and, and work through some of these transformations in, in a pretty structured setting, but with the support of other like-minded women. So we invite you into that group. Um, and we invite you to continue to follow along the Sun Spice Wisdom show as we continue this journey of sharing these stories, powerful stories from people. And um, and I just want to close out by saying if you are um, a woman who has been a victim of any sort of sexual trauma, um, of any domestic violence trauma, mm-hmm. you are not alone. And I strongly urge you and can. Um, urge you and support you in joining our group and working and processing through some of this stuff. A lot of times like Sydney and I, we've worked through a lot of the morning stages of it mm-hmm. and we're actually totally focused on um, trying to heal the physical components. Yeah. And a lot of women, especially at this stage, we've, we've mourned, we've, we've felt it, but with that process, we have realized that physical aspects of the trauma have formed within our bodies. And now we are moving into that phase of actually releasing and, and working through these conditions that may have formed through that process, which comes from, um, 
or that process looks like a lot of um, a lot of nutritional support, a lot of research, um, and programs that are actually designed to help heal the body physically on on a deeper level while we're connecting the emotional trauma with it to work through it. So. Thank you so much for watching today's episode and we look forward to hearing or we look forward to hearing from you and sharing our next episode next week. Thank you so much. Thank you.